I'm Dr. Sarah Hales Britton. I'm Luke Patrick. And I'm Sam Siegel. And welcome to Grease Lightning, a podcast where we talk about myth and movies and try to learn a little something. Hey guys. Hey. hey. So, um, you know, it's it's funny. So so we watched uh, 1997's Disney's Hercules, and you know you know what it reminded me of. Hmm. Uh, what essentially was like our pilot episode when mm-hmm. um, Sarah, you came over to Hanksy Panksy and we talked about Dwayne Johnson's Hercules. Yes, yes, we did. And the thing is, Sarah, I think uh, over over in that pilot, I didn't ask, what's your relationship with Hercules? My relationship with Hercules, I think you're right. Um, we talked about my relationship with Dwayne. But (laughs) (laughs) kind of Um, the same question in a lot of ways. It's true. It's true. Um, So, well, my relationship with the movie Disney's Hercules, um, Mm -hmm. I remember that we got this on VHS when I was in kindergarten. Uh, And it was um, one of my favorite Disney movies always. Uh, I usually credit this as, like, what started me down the path of being a classicist, actually. Uh, I think this movie sort of started my my interest uh, slash obsession with all things ancient Greece back in the day. Oh, damn. Um, so... <laughs> But and and then also like in my in my life as a grown up classicist, um, Heracles is one of my favorite um, characters of myth because mm-hmm. uh, he just he shows up where you wouldn't always expect him to, and it's always a delight because he's just out of control <laughs> and and weird, and so it's always entertaining. <laughs> okay, all right. Um, I, I realize we haven't dug into the myth a little bit, but I'm getting the impression from what you just said and also from the two Hercules movies that, that I've seen now. Is Hercules a himbo? Yeah. Yeah, he <laughs> yes. is. Certified himbo status. Excellent. <laughs> Big time. All right. So does that mean he's the first himbo? <laughs> I don't know if he's the first. Um, there's some pretty fucking stupid titans. Um, <laughs> but he's up there. Yeah. He's sort of... Okay. I think he's the most dramatic. Nice. Himbo. I gotcha. Okay. Yeah. That's a good himbo, then. Um, I love that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, Luke? Yep. What about you? What's your relationship with uh, D- Disney's Hercules or, or Hercules in general? Yeah, I'll give you Disney's Hercules first. Um, I am kind of famous for having not seen a lot of classic Disney films in English because my first introdu- introduction to them was often uh, French language classes. We would watch Disney films mm-hmm. in French. Uh, I guess when the teacher was just feeling like having a fucking day off, um, <laughs> we, <laughs> we'd do that. Uh, weirdly, this is one I've seen. Um, I don't know where I would have seen it because I don't believe we owned the VHS of it. Uh, 90s kids member VHSs. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but I have seen this one. It's been a minute. 
So this was my first time watching it in at least 15 years, if not a lot. Oh, damn. Okay. Um, yeah, so it's been a long time. Didn't really remember a lot of it. Uh, otherwise, yeah, like you said, Sam, I was really excited to mention that uh, my relationship with Hercules, Heracles is a myth. Stems back to that Hanksy Panksy episode we did, uh, mm-hmm. which was super fun. And if you're looking for sort of the original pilot of this show, I guess you can go check out that episode uh, on Hanksy Panksy where we covered yeah. Dwayne the Rock Johnson's Hercules. Um, so that's mm-hmm. sort of my only introduction to this myth is what you told us then, Sarah, and uh, Dwayne Johnson's interpretation of Hercules, which was not mm. phenomenal. Nice. Spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah so that's that's me um sam what about you um so i i really had the same on-ramp to the uh the myth hercules uh as luke um i had never seen the disney film before Mm -hmm. wow yeah i saw i saw part of it at like a friend's house maybe a few years ago I don't really remember why they had it on, but, like, my wife and I sat and watched, like, I don't know, maybe 15, 20 minutes of it. Then I was like, can we leave now? (laughs) So so we did. And um, so that's really all I knew of the movie. So so this was uh, a a virgin watch, if if we want to call it that. Nice. All right, yeah. Pop in your Hercules, Cherry. Well, Mm -hmm. um... I'm glad you said it, not yeah. me. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Well, since we've mentioned the Hanksy Panksy episode, um, that was that was close to a year ago now that we did that. Um, what but seriously? I know, I know. What? No, I know. <laughs> no, it was Sarah? like it was like we recorded <laughs> we recorded that uh, like maybe six weeks before my dissertation defense maybe a little less and i defended in march of 2022 and it's now january of 2023 oh, no. that we're recording this um yeah oh god no i know <laughs> luke i'm I, i'm sorry i don't want to get too off track here luke can i just get a quick temperature check of how long you thought that was ago like six months i feel like i just drank from the wrong grail i have aged a million yeah. years <laughs> <laughs> this is this is some of the worst news to hear. Yeah. I'm so alarmed. The rest of this episode, I'm not going to be in the right headspace. Jesus Christ. Yeah, that's a tough pill to swallow. Oh. Yeah. That is tough. Any, yeah. Well. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> well, so about this, Luke and me ruining our lives. So this might be a little uncomfortable then, because I was going to say, that was like a whole year ago, and... um. We we did talk a little bit about um, the myth, uh, the mythological mm-hmm. figure of Heracles slash Hercules. Um, so just wondering what you guys remembered. Um, oh boy! Or oh. if or if we're or if we're like starting with a blank slate today, because it was okay. a while ago. Will there be grease lightning points available? I think there definitely will. I think I think two grease lightning points for everything you every fact you can remember. Ooh, okay. Nice. Um, I remember he tricked Atlas into taking, like, shouldering the world again. Yep. Um, which means that 
Atlas is a real dipshit. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I remember the the Augie and Stables and how he he like diverted a river to yeah. clean up all the 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 Dookie. Yep. Nice. Um. Yeah, keeping it kid friendly, you know. <laughs> oh, uh, Luke. Yeah. You got, you got anything? Now I see. This is where movie and myth combine because d- didn't he actually murder his family? Right. Yes, he did indeed okay. murder his family. Yes. And the twist in the Dwayne Johnson there movie was that he was possessed. I don't remember the movie <laughs> a whole lot or was tricked into doing it. He was hallucinating or something. The twist. Yeah, the twist in the movie is that he thinks he killed them, but he actually didn't. Oh, okay. But in the right. Yeah, but in the but in the myth, he does kill them. Yeah. All nice. Right. Uh, wasn't it some like shithead politician mm-hmm. in the movie? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who killed his his family? Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Um. Now Hercules was not the one who. No. Wait. Was Hercules the one where Zeus disguised himself as the lady's husband yep. while he was away from war, showed up and was like, hey, baby, yep. let's get down to business. And and then he took her to Poundtown and then was like, deuces, and left. And then the real guy came home and was like, woof, I've been back from war. Let's, uh, let's get to it. And she's like, I fucked you yesterday. Yep, exactly. <laughs> yes! <laughs> One of my honestly, <laughs> it's like all time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so good. It's yeah. It's one of my favorite uh, Zeus like fucking mortal women stories ever. Mm-hmm. Pro- probably my probably <laughs> my top my top one actually. It's just it's so goddamn funny. <laughs> she just it's has so to funny. like. She just has to go along with it. She just thinks her husband's losing his mind. <laughs> <laughs> he's losing his mind and the quality of what he's putting out changes uh dramatically yes we assume yes mm-hmm. <laughs> i i swear to god your member was bigger yesterday but uh, okay <laughs> um oh man otherwise yeah, I remember like the the trials and a few other tiny points. Um but we're we're pretty blank slates, I feel like after a year. Yeah. Um, mm. unless you okay. remember anything else that you want to mention, Sam. Honestly, I'm so distracted now about ancient Greek cuckoldry that uh, <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm not going to remember a damn thing. Yeah. Oh man. All right. Well, let's well let's get into it then. Um, so, so Hercules is the Latinization of um, the Greek name Heracles, right? Uh, which means mm. glory of Hera, which is ironic because Hera fucking hated him, uh, right? Because he's the child of one of Zeus's many extramarital exploits, right? She she always punishes like the women and then their children, Zeus's um, demigod children. Because she can't punish him because he's the king of the gods. So that's where how her frustration gets taken out. Um, but Hercules is the Latinization of his name. Um, but 
totally legitimate because he like he was also worshipped in Rome. So um, like that name, that name was used frequently in antiquity. So you can call him whichever one you want to call him, basically. Um, So we we mentioned already (laughs) uh, how Heracles came to be with uh, Zeus disguising himself as Amphitryon. Uh, who is the husband of Alcmene. So uh, Amphitryon and Alcmene are his earthly parents, and Amphitryon, you know, raises Hercules as his son, but um, that he's not his actual father. Um, Heracles has a twin uh, named Iphicles, uh, and oh, so yeah. the result of this, right, so she, Alcmene sleeps with Zeus one night and Amphitryon the next, right? Uh, mm-hmm. And they both impregnate her. So she's got a son of Zeus and a son of Amphitryon um, cooking in the oven at the same time. So this is heteropaternal superfecundation. It's a real thing that happens, not very often, but it, it is a real thing that can happen. So Heracles is born. He's a demigod. His twin brother, Iphicles, is just a regular guy um, and not super special. Um, you know, he he does fine. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. ostensibly kind yeah. of a sad sack. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you spend your entire life playing second fiddle to Heracles, that kind of that kind of takes the wind out of your sails, you know? Yeah. I mean, what must it be like to be the brother to history's greatest himbo? Yeah. <laughs> just... Kind of a downer. Kind of a downer. Yeah. It would have to be. You just, you're real bummed out a lot, I imagine. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Um, so, so yeah. Um, no, we've, we've talked before about how, you know, myth is fluid and even in antiquity, there's like lots of different versions of the same story. Um, and one of the things that happens with that is that, uh, mythological figures will often be, and heroes especially, will be like really closely tied to one particular geographical area where they supposedly lived Mm -hmm. and did stuff. But, cities all over the Greek world will claim that that hero came and did something in their area too, as like a Mm -hmm. way of claiming some sort of, you know, ancient dignity or something. So Heracles is really closely associated with the area around Argos and the Peloponnese because that's where about half of his labors took place. But he, there's stories about him doing stuff all over the Greek world and all over the Mediterranean. Um, and he's also very strongly at the, associated with Thebes uh, because that's where he was born. And that is where um, he led an army um, for a little while, uh, which is how he ended up with his first wife, Megara. Um, so there's stories about him all over, all over the place, but uh, he is part of this generation of demigod heroes that come sort of right before the Trojan War. The Trojan War, as we've said, is like the end of the Age of Heroes. No more demigods mm-hmm. after this, right? They're all wiped out. Heracles is dead by the time the Trojan War happens, but he's that he's that generation. Um, he participates in the um, expedition of Jason and the Argonauts. He's one of the Argonauts. Um, and there are different oh. versions of like whether he actually saw the journey through or not. Uh, it sort of depends mm-hmm. on who you ask. But um, but yeah, he's dead by the time the Trojan War happens, but his buddy Philoctetes is still alive and sails most of the way to Troy and has a pretty pivotal part in the Trojan War 
which is another story, but I do want to talk about it since there's a character, Philoctetes, in the Disney right, movie. Right, yeah. Um, so we'll talk about him in just a minute. Um, Heracles' birth is a little bit traumatic, um, and this is important for what goes on later in his life. So there is the aforementioned uh, twin situation, the mm-hmm. issue with Hera being really angry that Zeus has once again fucked a human uh, and is now like bragging about the kid he's getting out of it. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. Zeus, Zeus just can't keep his mouth shut about his cheating. And uh, it's time for Heracles and Iphicles to be born. And Zeus is bragging that the child born of his blood today is going to rule all the men around him. And Hera says, promise? And Zeus swears that it that this will happen because he's a dumbass. Uh, mm-hmm. Now, the goddess of childbirth, Aletheia, is already down with Alcmene, Heracles's mom. She's in labor. Mm-hmm. Hera goes down there and makes Aletheia sit with her legs squeezed as tightly together as she can. So Alcmene can't give birth. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile... Hera runs over to Argos, where Eurystheus is about to be born two months early. That he's going to be the new prince of Argos. He's descended from Perseus. Perseus is also a son of Zeus. So Eurystheus is also a child of Zeus's blood. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So it's you know, like I said, uh-huh. he's, this is this is two months early, right? It's and in the ancient world, that's even scarier than it is today, right? This is extremely premature. Hera doesn't care. Right. <laughs> She's like, we're gonna get this baby out now, uh, because Argos is my city, and we're gonna stick it to Zeus. So Eurystheus is born first, and then Damn. after that, Alcmene is then allowed to give birth uh, to her twins. But Eurystheus is born first, so he gets to grow up and be a king. Heracles does not. There you go. It's very yeah. nice. Yeah. So Hera goes up and she's like, hey, Zeus, congratulations. Here's Eurystheus, the child of your blood. <laughs> and he's, God damn it. You know, he never learns. <laughs> Zeus, whenever people ask Zeus to like swear that something will happen, he's often reluctant to do it. And like, this is mm-hmm. why. Because it's always something like this. It comes back to bite him in the ass. <laughs> so. And then as if that wasn't enough um once heracles and iphicles are born hera sends a pair of snakes to murder baby heracles but he's a demigod right so he's already pretty strong um he sits up in his crib and strangles the snakes and his parents you know hear a ruckus they come running in and find him playing with these half-dead snakes like nothing is wrong uh (laughs) but Uh, So this is a really common uh, motif in art is like a little baby Mm -hmm. Heracles playing with snakes. Um, So can you imagine? Yeah, I know. Coming in on your kid, just like (laughs) slapping around a half dead snake. I like that's some Rosemary's baby shit. So (laughs) terrifying. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Pretty wild. So, um, so yeah, Heracles grows up, uh, you know, he's a prince, he's demigod, he's super strong, he's not the brightest tool in the shed, but um, he can beat up everybody, so, you know, he sort of gets, 
his way <laughs> and mm-hmm. uh, other heroes who have adventures to go on want him in their group right so um like we said he's one of the argonauts who goes with jason to try to find the golden fleece um he leads a, a theban army to victory and gets his wife megara out of it uh so he's doing okay in life um until we get to this madness situation so there are different versions of how this comes about but basically hera sends a madness on heracles that causes him to murder his wife and his sons without realizing what he's doing um until mm-hmm. and he you know he comes out of it um well he comes out of it in in euripides's version of the story he has killed his his wife and his children and he's starting to threaten his father at which point athena says okay this has gone far enough she smacks him he falls asleep when he wakes up the madness has been lifted and he realizes what he's done. And of course, he's absolutely horrified. Um, in Euripides' version, he also like, there's this whole scene where he wants to take his own life because of he's mm-hmm. realized what he's done. Um, but the people around him prevent that from happening. Um, and instead, he flees uh, to the Oracle of Delphi. And this is how we get the labors. Heracles has to atone for this just unconscionable blood crime that he's committed in murdering his family. And the way he's going to do that is by ridding Greece of these like primordial monsters that are rampaging around the countryside. Um, and so his okay. cousin, Eurystheus is now has grown up and is now King of Argos. Eurystheus is going to be the one in charge of the administration of these labors. Okay. So six of the 12 labors are in this general area around Argos. And then the other six are in places that in this time period would have been considered like the end of the habitable world Mm -hmm. um, for someone who was from like mainland Greece. Um, Originally, (laughs) it's supposed to be 10 labors, but then Eurystheus decides that like two of them don't count because Heracles had a little help. uh, So he tacks on (laughs) two more. (laughs) Uh, And so that brings us up to 12. Um, so the, and the first one, we won't, we won't talk about all of them, but the first one, um, is pretty much everybody's account is, um, killing the Nemean lion. Um, and this comes first because, um, when he kills the lion, he, um, he skins it and then he wears the lion pelt as a cape the rest of his life, basically. Um, and Mm. so when you see a guy in ancient art, with like a lion pelt especially like if the lion head is like over his head um that's that's heracles um he's always depicted with the lion skin and with this club that he uses to um kill these monsters um so the other the only other one that i want to mention (laughs) is the aramanthian boar um which uh he all he has to do for this one is capture it he doesn't have to kill it uh, but he's mm-hmm. supposed to capture it and bring it back to Eurystheus so that he can see that he's done this. Um, and I sent you guys a link uh, to yes. an image. This is a vase painting from the 6th century BCE. So Heracles has got the boar over his shoulder. Eurystheus, I think, didn't really think about what this would be like to have Heracles bring this like gigantic rampaging <laughs> boar into his hall. So Eurystheus 
has jumped into this giant storage jar and is hiding and is terrifying. (laughs) So he's like peeking out of this jar. I mean, these, these, these jars, this is called a pithos. These are huge. These were in fact like people sized jars and they were often like buried in the ground and you could, you would store grain in them and olive oil and other things like that. Um, So he has jumped in there and he's like, take it away, take it away, take it away. (laughs) (laughs) It's one of my favorite things. It's such a good image. It's so great. (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah, the like you can you can see the real like pants shitting terror as he's like, "What? Oh, I didn't think all the way through. Fuck. Oh shit. I can't. No. 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 I don't have I don't have pee pads out. I don't. I got a lot of breakable stuff. Please, please, God. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. Um, so we'll, we'll end up talking about more of the labors as we go here. Um, but those are the two I wanted to mention right now. Um, some other appearances that he makes in myth. Um, so, uh, like we said, he's kind of a himbo. Um, and there are stories of when he's a kid, uh, and now he's, he's well-born. So he's going to be well-educated in all of the different arts that, um, like well-born Greek boys were educated in, right? And one of those things mm-hmm. is learning to play the lyre, which is, um, you know, as close as you're going to get in antiquity to something like a guitar, right? It's a stringed instrument that you pluck um, and sing. Okay. So he's his music teacher is this guy named Linus of Thrace. Uh, Linus has the gall to actually, you know, be a teacher and correct Heracles with his clumsy gorilla fingers can't like can't actually play it properly uh Linus gets frustrated and is like sort of laughing at Heracles Heracles gets frustrated and beats Linus to death with the lyre god damn okay yeah (laughs) so this is the kind of guy he is he is a himbo but don't you make fun of him for it (laughs) yeah Jesus yeah also, Linus? Um, I know. Isn't that great? Yeah. A much older name than I realize. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> the problem for me is that I associate Linus with Charlie Brown's little friend, who is right, perpetually yeah. six years old. So, And has a blanket. Yeah. <laughs> m- making fun of Hercules and getting the shit beaten out of him with a liar. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Um, he also shows up in um, Euripides' play Alcestis, which this play is a trip. And sometime we should just like talk about this play because it's wild. Um, but um, to, to make a long story very short, um, there's this guy named Admetus and his wife Alcestis has just died. Um, and then Heracles shows up at his house ready to party because he doesn't know what's just happened. Now, Admetus has this sort of like weird twisted idea about um, hospitality and guest friendship. And in his mind, he thinks like in order to show the proper hospitality, I have to pretend like everything is fine. And like my wife isn't dead rather than just being honest with Heracles about what the situation Mm -hmm. is. So 
The whole household is in mourning, but Admetus is trying to pretend like everything's fine, and Heracles is getting drunk and obnoxious, and, like, the whole household is so insulted and so angry and also, like, super depressed. (laughs) It takes Heracles a while to figure it out, but when he finally realizes why everyone is so sad and like nobody Mm -hmm. wants to party with him he feels so guilty for partying in a house in mourning that he goes down to hades and retrieves alcestis and brings her back to life jesus as like a as like a sorry i partied when your wife was dead sort of a sort of a good news bad news situation like sorry i i was a real dick good news though your wife's Mm -hmm. not dead anymore yeah yeah (laughs) i love it there's a lot more going on uh there's a lot more going on in that play but um that's the gist of it is that like he just shows up drunk um where he's not wanted (laughs) a himbo with a heart of gold truly truly (laughs) um and then one of my other favorite um, Heracles stories, this is what I mean by him just showing up in places where you would not expect it, um, is he shows up in this um, this history text by a guy named Livy. So Livy is a Roman historian. Um, he's mm-hmm. writing in the time of Augustus. Um, so right around the turn of the eras from BCE to CE, right? Um, and he is writing about Roman history from its founding. So he goes all the way back to like the mythological origins of Romulus and Remus and um, the founding of um, Alba Longa and then all the way down to Rome and all of this stuff. Um, and so he's also sort of telling stories about the people, the people groups that, according to the Romans, were already here in Italy before the Trojan um, refugees came. Right. Mm-hmm. And in in the telling of that story, he tells this. He talks about one of Heracles's labors, which is stealing the cattle of Geryon, who is a monster. So he has stolen the cattle of Geryon. He is driving them back, um, you know, where he wants to take them. Um, and he's in he's in the Italian peninsula. And there's this shepherd named Cacus. He sees the cattle while Heracles is asleep, and he's like, "These are great." I'm going to steal, like, Heracles stole these from Geryon. I'm going to steal them from Heracles. Um, but he is worried that if Heracles sees the tracks of the cattle leading straight to the cave where he's hiding, then Heracles is going to know exactly where they've gone. So instead, he takes the cattle by the tail and he pulls them and walks them backwards into the cave so that their footprints are leading out. And the really mm. sad thing about this is that it works. Heracles wakes up half the cattle are gone and he has no idea where they have gone to (laughs) he just kind of gives up and he's like well I guess I'll take the rest of them home and he starts to leave and he only figures it out because when he starts to drive off the rest of the cattle some of them are like lowing sadly because they don't want to leave their friends behind Mm. and the cattle Mm -hmm. that are in the cave answer back they they like moo in return and so then he hears it he's like wait a second um so (laughs) he goes in he kills cacus the local king forgives you know the crime of murder when he finds out who heracles is and so this ends up being like an etiological myth for why there is 
a cult of Hercules at the, um, at the great altar in Rome is because of this like interaction that he had. Um, but I just, again, with the himbo thing, Mm -hmm. I just love it. (laughs) Yeah. Our guy is about as smart as a box of crayons. It would seem. Mm -hmm. Just about, just about. And what's really funny to me about this is that, uh, He's one of Athena's favorites, and Athena usually picks the smart ones. Right. But not this time. Yeah, well, maybe maybe she wasn't thinking about him with her head. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. She may be a yeah. virgin goddess, but that doesn't mean she can't look. <laughs> yeah, she that doesn't mean she's not dead, Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, yeah. Um, so, I guess the only other thing to talk about is um, the way Heracles dies, which is pretty dramatic. Um, and okay. then I want to tell you a little bit about um, his friend Philoctetes. So, the story of Heracles' death, um, probably the best source for this, if you want to read about it, is Sophocles' play, Women of Trachis. So um, Heracles has remarried at this point. He's married to a woman named Deanira. Now, he met Deanira many years before this, when she was younger. Um, She's crossing a river, and there's this centaur named Nessus, who's who's carrying her across the river, like, to help Mm -hmm. her out. Halfway across, he tries to rape Deanira, and Heracles rescues her by shooting Nessus with, he's got arrows that have been dipped in the poison of the Hydra that he's killed in one of his labors. So he shoots Mm. Nessus with one of these poisoned arrows and rescues Deanira. Before he grabs her out of the water, though, uh, Nessus tells Deanira that his blood, which has now been mixed with this Hydra poison, will be like a super potent love charm to prevent Heracles from ever loving another woman more than he loves Deanira. So he's like, just, you know, just hang on to this for later. So this is like his dying revenge move, right? Because many years late, it's many years later now. Um, and Deanira is super jealous because Heracles has just brought home this sweet young thing as a mistress. And she's feeling like she's being replaced. And like she and her legitimate children are being neglected. So she decides, okay, this is the time. It's time for me to use this love potion on him. So she's like kept the, um, the centaur's poison blood all this time. Uh, and so she uses this to dye a special robe, um, and then sends it to Heracles as like a victory gift with like instructions that no one else is to touch it. Because she doesn't want the mm-hmm. love potion to rub off on someone else, right? Uh, well, obviously it's not a love potion, like Nessus told right. her. Uh, it's it basically eats Heracles alive. It's like having it's like having acid thrown on you when he puts this on. Jesus, um, it's really bad. He's dying a very slow, very painful death. Um, slow enough that he actually has quite a bit of dialogue, uh, in the play as he's like (laughs) being eaten alive (laughs) long enough to be like really upset about everything and to realize that like there was this prophecy that he would be killed by someone who was already dead. And so he's realizing like, oh, it meant Nessus. (laughs) Like now I know. Um, so this is all going on. He, he like begs for somebody to just like 
just kill him cleanly and like put him out of his misery because this is taking mm-hmm. forever and it's super painful. He's at the end of the play. He's carried off to be burned alive. Um, he like he builds. He's again. He's being he's being eaten alive by basically boiling acid. But he builds his own funeral pyre, and <laughs> jumps up on top and is like, "Somebody, please light this thing for me, <laughs> so I can just like end this." Um, and no one is willing to light it except Philoctetes. He's like, "All right, I will do this for you." And so as a thank you. Heracles gives him his bow and the bow of Heracles is like huge, right? You have to be incredibly strong to like actually shoot an arrow from this bow. And it's like, um, it's a very special gift that he gives to Philoctetes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then of course, after he dies, he's, he's brought up to Olympus and he's deified. His cult spreads all over the ancient world. Um, he's one of the only pre pre imperial cult of Rome when all of the dead emperors ter- were turned into gods and worshipped. Um, Heracles was one of the only mortals to be worshipped as a god in the ancient world. Hmm. So it's a really big deal. Um, so so Philoctetes, just real quick, because his story is fucking hilarious to me. Uh, so he is an archer, which so he really appreciates this gift of Heracles' bow. Um, he is from Thessaly. Um, he competes for Helen of Sparta's hand in marriage. Which, of course, mm-hmm. means that he has to take the oath of Tyndarius that, you know, everyone will respect that Helen's husband is the guy who wins. So mm-hmm. when she runs off to Troy, Philoctetes is one of the people who gets called up to help out, um, to help Menelaus bring her home. But on the way to Troy, Philoctetes gets injured and there's a... Uh, you know, there's different stories about this. It Maybe it's a snake bite. Maybe it's like a scratch with a poisoned arrow that like isn't actually enough to kill him. Whatever happens, he ends up with like a festering wound on his foot that stinks so badly that none of the rest of the Greeks can stand to be around him and Ooh. they just leave him. They strand him alone <laughs> on the island of Lemnos. Um... <laughs> They just dump him. (laughs) This wound isn't bad enough to kill him, but it stinks. So, (laughs) so 10 years later, uh, we're just about at the end of the war. The Greeks find out that they can't win the Trojan War without the bow and arrows of Heracles. So a couple of guys get in a boat and dash off to the Isle of Lemnos to pick him up. Assuming that after 10 years alone on this island, Philoctetes is definitely dead, right? He's definitely not. He's been shooting birds and cooking them to stay alive this whole time, right? (laughs) So (laughs) they show up and they are like horrified, have no idea what to do now because he's like super pissed, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like why why should he help them and not just shoot them on the spot? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Excellent. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> so he's furious. Why should he help them? Um, but they really need this bow and arrow, right? So they're like trying to be buddy buddy again. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, Tedes tells them, you know, after Heracles was deified, um, he actually visited Philoctetes in his new god form and told him that he he could be 
permanently healed of this festering wound by a son of Asclepius, who is this like very prominent doctor in um, in Greek myth. He was he was a uh, one of the only other people. <laughs> I think it's just Heracles and Asclepius are like the only mortals to be turned into gods after they die. Um, until we get to the imperial cult. So a son of Asclepius is the only person that can heal Philoctetes of this wound. It just so happens that both of uh, Asclepius' sons are physicians with the Greek army right now. So -hmm. they go grab one of them. Um, They heal his foot. Everything is fine now. (laughs) He doesn't stink anymore. So Philoctetes comes back and helps the Greeks win. Um, In some versions, he's the one who kills Paris. Um, So... So that's Philoctetes, the real Philoctetes. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Just a stinky, angry man. Yeah. It's crazy to imagine he, this like castaway style plot where he's stuck on the island, but he stinks the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> and like, like he can smell it too, is the thing, you know? Like it's mm-hmm. They they rid themselves of the stank, but Philoctetes has been alone having to smell his own foot for <laughs> right. ten years. I mean, he had to have gone nose blind to it, though. Not if you believe the play where he's oh, bitching. They come no. back to get his bow and arrow and he's bitching about it. <laughs> God, can you... So... So they come back and he's like, Oi, I still fucking stink over here. Jesus Christ, I've been stinking. It's like it's like if you took a shit and set it on fire and then put more shit. It's like a shit took a shit and it's like a fart had diarrhea and was set on fire. Oh my god. Ten years I've been listening smelling this fucking stink. I But also at the same time, like why didn't you also endure the stink and keep me with you, Greek <laughs> friend? I, I do. I love that aspect of it too. That it's this like sort of like needy, like you mm-hmm. should have smelled it too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you were my real friend, you would have hung with me through the stink. <sighs> yeah. Well, that's what I have for you guys. Okay. Nice. Well. I love the note we ended it on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Little stank foot. <laughs> yeah. Little stank foot. Yeah. Very different from the, the Danny DeVito satyr Philoctetes mm-hmm. mm-hmm. in the movie. <laughs> Though, I gotta assume he doesn't smell great. No, he's half goat. He's gotta stink. He's half goat. He's gotta be stinky. And, like, I would say the wrong half. Oh, definitely. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, so so Sam this was your first time seeing it. I think uh-huh. I think you should tell us what you thought. Yeah. So um I I mostly liked it. I'll say that. Um the music is very good. Hmm. And um I gotta say, for something that was made in 1997, it still looks really good. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. To to the point where I actually asked uh, Kenna if it had been, like, remastered or anything, because it Mm. just, I don't know, it it looks really crisp still. I I was just impressed by that. Um, 
So, so yeah, it's mostly good, except, except. Uh, Hades. I mm. uh, Hades is really anti-Semitic. Mm. Um, like Protocols of the Elders of Zion, Henry Ford, anti-Semitic. Because uh, he's got a hook nose, and he's scheming, and he's fast-talking, and he and I, I was like, maybe this is just, you know, James Woods. This is just the flavor that noted shithead James Woods is bringing. Then he uses Yiddish. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, no, he is meant to be Jewish. Yeah. And so that, that part did take me out of it, like, kind of every time he was there was like, this is, this is bad. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but but otherwise, pre- pretty good. Nice. If you can overlook the uh, the rank anti-Semitism, <laughs> <laughs> pretty good. Uh, I mean, yeah, yeah. Isn't definitely. that kind of isn't that kind of Disney as a whole? Like specifically, yeah. Disney himself is pretty yeah, good if you can get over the, the raging anti-Semitism. yeah um just so blatant yeah in like a pretty wild way yeah uh but but yeah no i i had fun i did i'll i'll be honest with y'all at the end i did doze a little bit but like i knew (laughs) what was happening so i didn't need to like rewind it was it was when they were like kind of really tying up like oh he and meg are together blah 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 oh yeah and I had had a really long day, and so I did. I did start to doze a little. Mm, classic Sam. Um, well, that's understandable. Yeah, but I didn't feel like I needed to rewind it because I didn't feel like I met, missed anything like critical. Mm, yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, I do. Do we dock you grease yeah. lightning points for that? I feel like that is a crime against grease lightning. That you, Sam, you did fall asleep. Is what you're saying? Uh, no, I would not say that I fell asleep. Um, okay. <laughs> I I would say that I had a brief loss of consciousness, mm, okay. um, which is different because it was not sustained. It was not sustained at all. I'm talking like 15 seconds. Like eyes were closed, and like I I kind of checked out for 15 seconds, and then boom, yeah. right back open. All right. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, fair. So. Okay, okay. But it, I do think it's probably fair to dock me, like, a couple yeah. grease lightning points. Yeah. Um, but but I'd prefer not a lot, because I did hang tough with this movie and was was offended by one of the characters a great deal. That's so. fair. That's fair. We'll just dock you a point. So, when you dock my points, I just want you to remember that I had to endure some some pretty intense anti-semitism yeah and that's sort of how my evening went on on <laughs> friday the 13th oh man yeah you picked an ominous day to watch this i did yeah oh. <laughs> um but but luke what you what do you think hmm this this movie this one here uh mm-hmm. is horny this movie. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like so much more Randy than I remembered from when I was a kid. Uh, 
Because yeah. him, Himbo Hercules is is soups into maggots in and he's got big thirst energy. Uh, and mm-hmm. then it's just yeah. weird stuff too, like Pegasus. Uh, the the two pain and panic are the demons, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Trick Pegasus uh, by appearing like a a female winged horse. Uh, and there's this whole like hubba hubba sequence. Um, yeah, it's just yeah. like a single example. Um, not to mention and Phil's then, whole thing. Yeah, if, if you'll recall, Luke, then Pegasus ends up tied up and gagged. Yeah, uh, in a real sort of S and M kind of situation. Sure. Um, and okay, I I need to know if this was just me. Um, Pegasus. Yeah. Got real jealous when Hercules showed interest in any oh, other no. person. Does Pe- does Pegasus want to peg Hercules? <laughs> I I choose to believe that it is a situation of like I just got my brother back, and now yeah. he's running off with some okay. dame. That uh, is. That is a better read on it than what I was assuming. Yeah, which is Sam, that, that I horse think, was going to put the peg in Pegasus. I think this this children's movie was probably <laughs> angling towards a jealous friendship more than. Uh, okay, this children's movie also had a horse tied up in an S and M sort of situation after wanting to fuck another horse. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know, fair. Luke. <laughs> <laughs> It is. I. I also did not remember just how like sexual this movie is. It has. You know, I, mm-hmm. I saw it like a couple of years ago. Uh, it's not like I. It's not like it's been like a super long time for me. And even still, like I think, it's one of those movies I've seen so many times that I often just like watch it on autopilot, and mm-hmm. I was paying a little more attention this time. My God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It almost makes uh, me want to rewatch Disney movies and see if they're all this horned up. Like, is there a whole <laughs> sequence in Mulan that I missed? Or The Lion King? Like, are they all just, like, super horny? Um, Can You Feel the Love Tonight is a super horny sequence, I That's will true. say. That's true. That is very yeah, true. Isn't yeah. there, isn't there yeah. a scene in Lion King where, like... She like Nala pins him down, and there's, like there's yeah. some real like intense sort of fuck energy. She pins him down a few times. There's also a part where they like when they're like you know reconnecting as adults. Mm-hmm. They like roll down a hill, and he ends up on top of her, and she basically does like if a lion can make a come hither face, mm. she makes one. Huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> these these animators, I don't. <laughs> Like, I don't know what was going on with them, but I think they needed to get out more. (laughs) Yeah. They needed some release. They needed to get something more. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Nice. Um, And yeah, uh, yeah. you started to mention it, but but Phil, when we're first like introduced to him. Yeah. Is he peeping? He's peeping. He's doing some light peeping Tom action. Yeah. yeah, this movie is not horribly concerned about consent, it doesn't seem, between Phil mm-hmm. and the centaur, and, um, yeah, there's, it's, uh, it's a look for a children's movie, but, you know, mm-hmm. 
uh, who am I to critique? It made it made a billion dollars and is a classic. So um, yeah, but all that to say, I had a good time. I had a good time with this. It was fun, kind of uh, going through it with what little I remembered of the the myth of Hercules. Um, I don't know. Do you guys think which which did it better? Re the myth of Hercules, the Dwayne Johnson movie. That we aren't necessarily talking about today. Or this one. The Disney version. Sarah, I think you're the expert here. So Yeah. See, that's tough. Because they both do some really weird things. So, Mm -hmm. one of the things I think... I think it probably evens out in the wash. Um, So, Mm -hmm. the, the thing that this Hercules does better than... Dwayne Johnson's Hercules is that it's all myth. It's all, you know, the gods are heavily involved in this world. And like we talked about how Dwayne Johnson's Hercules takes all the myth out of it and like historicizes the figure of Hercules and tries to make things make sense in a world where there are no gods. Um, And there's Mm -hmm. not necessarily like a supernatural element, which is no fun. And this one is all about the supernatural element. (laughs) And that is like a really, uh, a really fun way to spin the story. On the other hand, the hoops that this movie has to jump through in order to maintain the fiction of Zeus and Hera and Hercules as like happy, loving nuclear family mm-hmm. is yeah. just bonkers. Mm-hmm. Like we have to invent this whole plot of Hades, which by the way, Hades was perfectly happy with his realm he didn't he didn't want mm-hmm. olympus he didn't want zeus's position uh we have to invent this like angry jealous hades we have to have this like kidnapping and make him mortal but retain his strength and like all of these different ridiculous things the like the needing to be trained in order to like harness the this like out of control strength that he has right like yeah like fully half the movie is just like made up so that we can have a happy nuclear family (laughs) right Mm -hmm. and and the dwayne johnson hercules is i think a little more like what the actual guy was probably like which was just like i'm gonna lead this army i'm gonna murder some people um and then i'm gonna be sad that i murdered some other people um and then i'm gonna murder some more (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) what if what if Dwayne's Hercules was a sequel to this? Because in this one, he's meeting Meg. He has not yet married her. Ah. And in Dwayne's, he's killed her already. Yeah, that part that has. part was done by the time that movie started. Yeah. Yeah. So huh. this is a maybe it's, it's a, a sequel. How are the mighty fallen situation? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we see we see Hercules when he's all animated and happy and very horny and then we see him when he's uh sad about uh his murdered family and deeply violent Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i like this it works it works um would you guys like some imdb facts brought to you by my wife mckenna i would Mm. love some imdb facts i only have two um so, so the first 
is that um, Jeffrey Katzenberg was the inspiration for Hades. Possibly. There's some rumor. So hmm. Jeffrey Katzenberg was uh, like one of the animators. And he left prior to Hercules to go start DreamWorks. And it sounds oh. like maybe the split was not terribly amicable. Uh. And so oh my they, God. they may have been making fun of Jeffrey Katzenberg by making a deeply offensive Hades. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, wow. But here's the other thing. You may know the name Jeffrey Katzenberg because that's because he is one of the illustrious minds behind Quibi. Noted success. <laughs> Man, that rocket, huh? <laughs> mm-hmm. That thing, that was going to the fucking moon, and we all knew it. Yeah. Aww, um, he tried. <laughs> yeah, genius Jeffrey Katzenberg. So um, so there is that. That's hilarious. The, the other... Uh, fact that I have is the Hydra battle sequence, mm-hmm. the, yeah. the four-minute battle sequence. That took a year and a half to make. Jesus. Holy fuck. Yeah, just that. So this wow. is... Here's my theory about the about the animators and the horniness. Read the horniness in this movie. I mean, they're locked in some mm-hmm. Disney basement drawing a hydra for yeah. a year and a half over and over they're just like <laughs> they're pent up in all kinds of ways yeah they're probably working 80 hour weeks too <laughs> exhausted to do anything and they're just like god i gotta pour all this sort of sexual energy into this children's movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh my god that's um, amazing and then uh, I mean, Sarah, was was there anything different about watching it this time for you? Um, I think, uh, yeah, I think I was paying a little bit more attention this time. I, you know, last time I watched it, I noticed that even though they, you know, they change a ton of things as Disney do, um, they, they do have these little, like, bits of, um, bits of Heracles' own myth and also just bits of sort of um, myth tropes that aren't necessarily from his story that they stick in there mm-hmm. throughout, like like killing the snakes when he's a baby. Mm-hmm. And um, he uh, he goes down and retrieves Meg's soul like he does in, in the play Alcestis. He gets, um, you know, he gets the guy's wife back for him. Um, mm-hmm. The When he's fighting the Cyclops, he like grabs a burning stick and shoves it in the cyclops eye and that's what odysseus and his men do to the cyclops um when they're right, trapped yeah. in his cave uh the whole um trope of um a, a noble child being raised by peasants and then like growing up and ha- having this token that helps him recognize who his birth parents are this is mm-hmm. very common um so i think i noticed more things like that that they sort of like snuck in so somebody somebody knew enough about myth to sort of uh make this very bizarre happy greek family thing Mm -hmm. more (laughs) more in line with what myth is actually like (laughs) i guess um so like that was kind of fun um i i think i was i was keeping better track of the the labors that they showed this time 
and they show um or they or they mention six or seven of his labors and then they also just have like a random sea monster that he kills uh which is kind of weird um but i think i think what really made it different for me this time (laughs) is uh that in addition to watching this movie this morning um my husband and I are marathoning the Godfather movies this weekend. Mm-hmm. So, so Friday, Friday night, we watched the Godfather. Yesterday afternoon, we watched part two. Loved it, by the way. Uh, and okay. then this morning, as soon as I got up and got my coffee, I powered up Disney's Hercules. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so... Yeah, totally. Um, How similar? <laughs> well, I really, I really cracked up when I was, you know, it was, it was just like this is incredible tonal whiplash. Like, this mm-hmm. is um, sort of like a, <laughs> like a, a mental reset in some ways after the sort of like twists and turns of The Godfather, um, and like a very different form of violence. Uh, mm-hmm. And you know, the the the, the, the fights in in this movie are just comical, right? Compared to yes all the murders in the godfather but i did really laugh when um you know hercules has has beaten uh the centaur that was harassing meg meg has gone back Mm -hmm. and she's talking to hades and he's like hey i needed the river guardian and she says he made me an offer i had to refuse Mm-hmm. Yes, excellent. <laughs> Which is excellent. A, yes. I had I had not noticed that line before, but fresh <laughs> off all the Godfather movies. <laughs> oh, so good. Um, and I, so I assume you're watching part three tonight. Yeah, part three tonight. So again, some tonal whiplash there. Big yeah. time. As you big go time. from from horny <laughs> children's movie to. Uh, it, <laughs> To extraordinary violence. To absolutely terrifying Al Pacino. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, oh. So, can I tell you, uh, like, an accuracy thing that I noticed that yes. I thought was pretty cool? Yes. It was that, um, like, when Hercules goes to talk to Zeus, or pray to Zeus... That Zeus embodies the statue kind of like how you've talked about how, how Greeks kind of imagined it. Yeah. And so uh, I thought that was a really neat touch. Yeah, I love that part. I love that they mm-hmm. did that. I also noticed uh, very early on that all their ears look like cinnamon rolls and it, it took, I just, I couldn't stop noticing it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of like weird swirlies in the animation in yeah. this movie yeah particularly um how the nipples and the elbows look identical yeah (laughs) and i don't know how you want to read that i don't know if if nipples are elbows or elbows or nipples i don't know which way it's going but they all look the same in this one yeah 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 it is a little weird i do uh i do oh oh just the only other thing that i wanted to note was um when we watched i think it was uh i think it was wrath of the titans where we mm-hmm. were talking about um one of you guys mentioned that there's a a video game where rip torn voices hephaestus yes, and yes in this yes, movie yes. <laughs> rip torn is zeus and it's i love magnificent it. yes. <laughs> it's so good 
we gotta get Riptorn to play more Greek gods because he's yes. fucking great at it. Clear and clearly someone's picking up on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's fantastic. I'm so glad you remember that because I I did write it down and I was gonna mention it. Yeah. Um, I do have a question. Okay. Um, and I apologize if I have asked this before, but in all these movies, the the Titans are sort of positioned as like the ultimate villains in mm. some way, shape, or form. Did the Greeks see the Titans as like bad or evil or like worse than the Olympians, or are we just making shit up? No, um, that's kind of, that's kind of like Olympus propaganda, basically, um, mm. which is a phrase I never thought I would say, but mm-hmm. I think that's the best, <laughs> <laughs> that's, I think that's the best way I know how to describe it because Zeus, uh, so Zeus's father, Kronos, um, and is, is a Titan, Right. And Mm -hmm. um, a lot of the Titans are just regular dudes, regular gods. And then a lot of them also are these like sort of primordial monsters. Um, Mm -hmm. And Zeus and his siblings defeat Kronos and his siblings in order to rule um, over the cosmos. So it's in everyone's best interest to keep Zeus happy by saying, yeah, the Titans sucked. We're glad they're locked up. Um, And you're great, Zeus. You're the best king of the gods we could ever have. We don't want the Titans back. No, no. Um, Even though Hesiod says that Kronos ruled over the golden age of men. (laughs) Mm. (laughs) (laughs) And the ones that Zeus rules over are not as nice. Uh, So so there's some weird things going on there. but yeah, they're always put up as the as the villains. I think because their mm-hmm. ranks included these like scary monsters. Mm-hmm. Um, but also because like when the guy who beat them is in charge, it's it's maybe not yeah. a good idea to like say nice things about them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a solid point. Yeah. So, I feel well, like a lot of the muses uh, songs are like that too. They're like, <laughs> you know, with all the this is the gospel truth and uh Mm -hmm. there's a little song about zeus at the beginning (laughs) it's very Mm -hmm. much like um yes here is olympus's version of how the world works (laughs) (laughs) oh we also see the fates and they have the one eye yeah they do and they have their you know they cut their string um Uh uh-huh so yeah no I i thought it was i thought it was good um, do, do y'all have anything else to say about it, or, or should we move on? Nothing else on my end. Yeah, I think I'm good, because we already talked about it. The only other thing I was going to mention was that if I had a nickel for every time we saw Hades portrayed as this, like, scheming, Zeus-hating son of a bitch, I'd have mm-hmm. two nickels in Greece playing history. <laughs> yeah. So it's it hasn't happened a lot, but it's weird that it's happened twice. Uh, yes. Yeah, that's all I got. Well. Yeah. Yeah. Next time, we're watching Pompeii. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Have the- y'all seen Pompeii? 
No. The only thing I know about this movie is that Kit Harrington is in it. Um, mm-hmm. Which, frankly, is half the reason why I wanted to put it on the list. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, it's all I know about it, and it is the most compelling thing about it, if I'm being honest. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Well, uh, folks, until then, uh, you can find us on Facebook at Grease Lightning Pod. Uh, podcast that's uh, G-R-E-E-C-E-D uh, you can find us on Instagram at Greased Lightning Pod you can find us on Twitter at Greased Light Pod and you can send us an email at GreasedLightningPod at gmail.com um, still haven't heard uh, who went to see uh, last time's movie with Sarah what, mo- what movie was that? Uh, Gladiator. Uh, Gladiator. Gladiator yeah so again if, if, if you know who saw Gladiator uh, with Sarah or you know just kind of have Sarah saw a gladiator let us know um oh and then we're also on Mastodon at Grease Lightning Pod at home dot social did I do it right Luke you did it you did it bud yay I did it <laughs> I'm <Yay>. learning <laughs> um but yeah folks uh, uh thanks for listening and we'll be back next time with P- Pompeii <laughs>